Welcome back to the Facts About PACS. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam Belmar. Well, thank you very much, Michaela. You know, I did a double take this week. You turned up as a featured guest in one of my favorite new podcasts, Civic Warriors. Right? I like the podcast, too, and I appreciate the team at Witham and the work that they're doing with nonprofits. Great group. It was a great episode, too, Michaela, and I think our listeners would enjoy it. So everybody, I will leave a link to the Civic Warriors podcast episode in the show notes. But Michaela, listening to that conversation and preparing for today's show, I'm coming to realize how much more encompassing the education mission is when it comes to employee-funded and business trade association PACs, specifically the obligation to share the basic facts about PACs. You know, Adam, you're spot on because there really is no way to cut through the noise and the rhetoric when stakeholders don't share a basic understanding of the facts. Facts like employee-funded PACs and their programs encourage participation in the political process. Employee-funded PACs educate employees and members about legislation that affects their industry. Employee-funded PACs encourage Americans to exercise their most important civic duty, to vote. And facts like these. The Federal Election Commission limit on the amount a PAC can donate to a candidate for federal office is $5,000 per election. And the Federal Election Commission limit on the amount a PAC can receive from any one individual in a calendar year, $5,000. And one more critical fact, employee-funded PACs are not corporate giving. Well, back to first principles. This is what we're all about at NAPAC and very much the reason that we produce this podcast. Oh, and also, it's why we invited Dr. Casey Burgett, the director of the Legislative Affairs Program at George Washington University's Graduate School of Political Management to join us on this episode. Understanding why employee-funded PACs are really the most transparent money in politics is fundamental to being a political professional. Coming up in just a minute, we'll speak with an academic leader right here in Washington, D.C., the Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. From design to podcasts, from infographics to digital, work with a team that leading PACs and government affairs programs call when they need results. Access Marketing Services. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to Access Marketing Services for their support of NAPAC and this podcast. So joining us now is Casey Burgett, PhD, Director of the Legislative Affairs Program at George Washington University's Graduate School of Political Management. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Not many folks know, but Casey is actually my new boss at GW, um, so we're so pleased to have you on the show. You know, Casey, the average age of a staffer these days is something like, I don't know, 24 years old. What does that say to you about your mission leading GW's Graduate School of Political Management? That training is important, right? That if we have such a young cadre of staffers coming to DC with the, the best and brightest minds. They're motated, rotated individuals. But at the same time, they're responsible for a whole hell of a lot. And we're seeing this on a national stage, even just as we're sitting here talking with the Ukraine stuff going on, that they should be trained to operate in a professional legislature. And there's not many universities with programs like this. There's a ton of political science programs. There's a ton of public administration or public policy programs. But 
That's very, very different than being an actual practitioner. And our purpose, our role in this effort is to train people to operate on day one, that to inform our policymakers, to inform our policymaking experience, to build coalitions inside and outside of government to, to make this a more representative, uh, more purposeful, more thoughtful policymaking world. And, and that's where we come in. It is true, Casey, that this area is much more of a practice than just an area of academic study. And I think that that is not lost on our audience. We're going to talk later on about the PAC certificate program and a lot of the professional learning opportunities that exist at GSPM. But let's stick with the students for a second. Beyond the facts and the figures, and of course, the historical context that GSPM students get, help us understand how they become effective practitioners. What's going on in those classrooms? We want people to understand what is going on and not from an academic's perspective. Too often academics only speak to each other about things that they already agree with each other about. Um, but as we're learning more and more each and every day, not a ton is going right, or at least as intended with federal policymaking. And it is a messy, often uncertain, unpredictable business. And to expect otherwise isn't really that helpful. And so we teach our kids, very our students, some of whom are not kids at all, but are, are in these offices right now kind of nodding their way through meetings or faking it until they make it. Um, we teach them really purposeful and actionable items like advanced legislative procedures. It's one thing to know how Congress works, its main players, and, and what powers are afforded to certain individuals. It's another thing to actually turn it into practice and how the filibuster works or how to invoke cloture or, or very specific items that you would not have a reason to learn outside of Congress or a program like this. And so things like budgeting, because in D.C., the answer to 99 out of 100 questions is money, always. So understanding how the federal budget process works, not only as a means of understanding it as a citizen or trying to affect it, but maybe funneling some money to an important project back home to make a tangible difference in everyday Americans' lives. That's important stuff. And that's where Congress comes in. And so adding that to like these institutional classes with policy making specific classes, so classes like Congress and cybersecurity or homeland security or foreign policy, very particular issue focused classes, because this is the NFL of federal politics. And we want people to know how these things work because they're playing with live ammo. This is happening every single day. So to not have our best and brightest trained in very purposeful ways is not worthy of a Congress that I want to support. You know, Casey, I have said to this PAX in Congress class a couple of times that I wish that this class existed 30 years ago when I got my start in the PAC in political space. And I have shared with the class that I'm coming at them from a practitioner's perspective, that I want them to be able to step into whatever it is they want to do, if it's in the government affairs space, whether they're on the Hill, working for a lobby shop, even if they want to get into the PAC and grassroots profession, that they have a really baseline understanding. You know, it's really one of the most misunderstood industries. It's what I spend most of my time doing, truthfully. So do most most of our students at GW share these misconceptions when they arrive from your perspective? This is where it's important to talk about there's different tranches of students. There's some that have been in DC and they recognize what an advanced degree will get them in terms of individual leverage with their employee, employer, uh, maybe to make them more marketable outside of Congress or to a trade association and just kind of buck up their resume. The other tranche of students are those the more traditional route, right? You're coming from a political science undergrad, or you know that you want to be in D.C. because you grew up on the West Wing or for whatever it was, you wanted to be here. Um, and and they, they made their way here for 
because they are smart and bright and, and talented individuals. Um, so to the former group of students, the ones that have been around, they recognize, they've probably seen those misconceptions. They came here with them, but they have since dispelled them as they got to work on the Hill or work with these associations and recognize the actual day-to-day -day job of someone like you. The second group of students, the more traditional route, they definitely come here with the same misconceptions that everyone's drunk uncle at Thanksgiving has, right? Like, this is just a corrosive industry. It's the drain the swamp people that if we just got them out of here and their sacks of cash and their bribery tactics, then we can fix everything that's wrong with DC. But as you do spend your day-to-day -day working on, as I spend a little bit of my time working on, dispelling those notions and getting people to understand that Actually, you have people, this is a great form of representation, unless you're the one walking the halls of Congress, knocking on the doors and, and informing policymakers of your interests and your policy goals. You want someone to do it for you and you want them to do it professionally and they want to group friends together because if we know anything about politics, it's much easier when you have a group of friends to do it with you. Um, these are really effective uh, means of, of representation and to, to pretend that they're otherwise, even though the negative sides get the headlines, to pretend that they're otherwise isn't that helpful either. Casey, I want to key in on a word that you just used, representation. It's something that's important. We are representing the interests of our corporations or our trade associations when we form a PAC. We are also seeking representation when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's something that is top of mind for us at NAPPAC. It is across so much of the business community. I wonder what can you say about DEI and representation in the classroom and the political profession at large from your perch over there at GW? I say all of this as a white dude, and that's that we are horrible at it. I mean, almost, and when I say we, I'm not specifying on purpose because academia is bad at it. Congress is certainly bad at it. Institutions are bad at welcoming that, though the conversation is starting to shift now, but it's ever too late as all these conversations are. I can only speak for my behalf in, in that we are making a purposeful effort to expand our scholarship opportunities, expand our recruitment opportunities out of the bubble that is DC to historically black colleges and universities. We're trying to develop and institutionalize pathways to our program and to Washington in particular. We're trying to reach people at the intern level because we know that the first job in politics and or any industry is that all important first one. For a lot of folks, that's internships. And when those are unpaid or they don't pay a living wage, you're subsetting your population eligible for those to people that can afford it. And we know that excludes multiple populations. We're also trying to do better about hiring a more diverse set of instructors so that people see themselves in these positions. They see the importance of mentors and just seeing representation in terms of positions of power or authority, all of that matters. And we're trying to do this holistic look at that. And I'll go back to where I started and that we're not good enough at it yet. It, it takes a, a long time to do this within a bureaucracy. Government is obviously a big one of those. GW is another big one of those too. So we're trying to make personal appeals, build relationships, build coalitions to break down some of these barriers that have for far too long been an obstacle to multiple populations that have been underrepresented for far too long. And Casey, so much of what you just said really aligns with NABPAC's DEI goals and mission. We've been on our own journey and we've had a longtime partnership with GW with our Jan Baron scholarship. We are also, as a PAC profession, looking to increase our pipeline of diverse professionals that want to move into this space that may just have never had exposure. I mean, I think about my own journey 25 years ago, never even considered the PAC 
path because I just didn't know about it. I didn't have any mentors. And honestly, I think when you called me and we talked about the opportunity for me to go and work at GW and help with this PACS and Congress class, it really did align with NAPAC and our commitment to educating the next generation of political professionals. What should our listeners know about the PAC certification program at GW and other scholarship opportunities? Yes, and I appreciate the question. And before we get to that part, I love talking about our program. I would a credit to you of I called you out of the blue. We had never met. We had never talked. And I mentioned that this is something that I think would be mutually beneficial for both of our organizations to reinstitutionalize and reinvigorate in, in the modern environment. And you said, yes, there was not even a question. And that's That's a rare word that you hear around DC and to have follow up as quick as we made it happen is you can get good things done with good people that are motivated. So she's good like that. I appreciate that. And I I hope that this is just kind of the first opening salvo of what this relationship is, which leads me to the second part of the question for folks that are listening in that may be involved in similar organizations or trade associations that we have within the Graduate School of Political Management, a certificate. While it's not the full master's, you won't get the fancy letters after your name. What it does do, what it does provide is very concentrated suite of classes to make you better at this job. You mentioned that a lot of folks fall into PAC management or fall into trade association skills. And that's true even with our students who think that they're coming here to work in Congress. And while that might be, you develop an issue area expertise, you start working with these coalitions outside government, and they start getting picked off, especially the most capable ones, by these trade associations to have an impact for their organizations. That's how it's supposed to work. And so we have a growing need for the certificate, and the D.C. environment at large has a need for this because they want their employees And those employees for themselves want these skills to make them more effective at a huge part of the D.C. policymaking ecosystem. So classes like legislative politics, which gives you the lay of the land of who the power players are, the procedures used to get policymaking, what to do if you run up against obstacles within Congress or the administration. And then a very focused set of classes about lobbying or PACS management or ethics in Congress. There's a suite of classes that are very particular set of skills the taken method, if you will, right? I have a very particular set of skills that give you this background where you may not be willing or able to commit to the full master's right now, but you can at least have that knowledge base and especially the GW name behind this new set of skills that you're taking back to your employer and on your resume that makes you infinitely more valuable in your current job or the inevitably the one that you're going to have next. It's an honor, Casey, for me to be a part of the GW team and, and helping you know educate our future leaders here in Washington. So I appreciate the opportunity very much. And I do look forward to a reinvigorated partnership. I think there's a lot that we can do together to promote this profession and train the future of PAC professionals. Professor Casey Burgett, PhD, Director of the Legislative Affairs Program at GW's Graduate School of Political Management. Thanks for joining us on the Facts About PACs podcast. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing our show. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About PACs podcast.